The scripture lesson today is taken from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. Then at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Hello, church. I, uh, I'm glad that I can come to you this morning and, and preach. And like Uncle Glenn said, I was a, an intern here, and I think that was about 10 years ago since I've done that. So time goes by quickly, uh, but I really enjoyed my time here working with Wayne and Chad uh, during that time. When uh, I don't get to preach too often, but when I'm asked to do it, I've told myself, uh, if asked, to say yes, and then I'll figure out everything after that. So when I was asked, I thought for about five seconds, you better say yes. I said yes, and then over the next month or so, I figured out what I was going to do. Uh, but I enjoy preparing lessons. It's uh, It gives me, not that I need a reason to get into the Word, but it gives me an extra push to to study God's Word and to get into it and prepare uh, for quite a while. And so I, I enjoy doing it, and, and uh, I'm glad that I can present a lesson this morning. So as I begin the lesson this morning, I want to bring you back to 1992. And for, for the ones of you that are basketball fans or sports fans, uh, this was a time in in the NBA where Michael Jordan was just starting to win his NBA championships. Uh, he was just, uh, just came off his first championship and becoming one of the best players, one of the best basketball players in the world. And one of the most famous people in the world. Uh, basketball is a sport like soccer that is, is played in many, many different countries around the world. And so as, as Michael Jordan became a superstar, uh, his, his brand, his name, his image, became very popular with him around the world. Uh, and so he, as he became more, more and more popular, he started to endorse different products. Nike was, was the big one where he was selling shoes and, and shirts and all that kind of stuff through Nike. Uh, but Gatorade also presented Jordan with an opportunity to, uh, to endorse their product. So in 1992... Gatorade launched an ad campaign called Be Like Mike. And here's a picture of it. 
uh, if you remember that ad, it was on TV quite a bit, and, and Gatorade uh, showed Michael Jordan playing basketball, doing great things, and had this song along with it, along with this slogan of Be Like Mike. And the lyrics went, Sometimes I dream that he is me. You've got to see that's how I dream to be. I dream I move, I dream I groove, like Mike. If I could be like Mike, like Mike. Oh, if I could be like Mike. Be like Mike, be like Mike. Again, I try, just need to fly for just one day if I could. Be that way, I dream I move, I dream I groove like Mike. If I could be like Mike, I want to be, I want to be like Mike. Oh, if I could be like Mike. So I encourage you to go to YouTube after the sermon, not during the sermon, to go and view the commercial and see that that song. But what that song said more often than not was be like Mike. I want to be like Mike. This was the best basketball player in the world, one of the most famous people in the world. And this ad was telling you to be like him. And so a lot of people wanted to be like him. He was famous, he was rich, he was athletic. And people strive to, to be like Michael Jordan. And, there, and he's not the only one. Uh, a lot of people, and not just young people, but, but older people as well, strive to improve themselves, try, strive to uh, grow as a person. And when you want to do that, you look to somebody to emulate. And some people will look to movie stars or musicians or athletes to emulate them to see what they do that they can do. And if they're successful in what they do and how they act, then if I'm like that, then I also can be successful. Now, as Christians, we don't need to look at movie stars or musicians or Michael Jordan to have somebody to emulate. As Christians, we are given in the Word the life of Jesus. And through that life, we can see the different things that Jesus did and the person that He is. And we can strive to emulate that. So this morning, I'm going to be going through a few things briefly about, about being like Christ. And when we look to emulate somebody, that this is someone that we can emulate, that will not, uh, that will not fail us, that will not do things that we shouldn't be doing. So, so as we start, we we ask, who is Christ? And when we need, when we need to know who somebody is, Usually we will look them up and we find a little bit of history on them. So with Jesus, we have the same thing in the Word. And we start with His birth. And Luke chapter 2 tells the account of the birth of Jesus. Starting in verse 4, it says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there, and there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Luke's account here makes it clear that this was just not some ordinary birth. That this was something amazing. That this was something spectacular. That the world would change from this point on. That the birth of Jesus was a time to praise God. That the the shepherds around them knew and understood what was happening. They glorified and praised God. And they knew that something special had happened. So as we continue in the life of Jesus, we get to his ministry. Luke 3.23 says that now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. Now much of his life before that we don't know. But when he was about 30 years old, he stepped out of his house and began to preach and to teach. Luke 4.14 said, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. As Jesus lived out his ministry, he didn't do it in a quiet fashion. He didn't do it under a shade. He went throughout the whole countryside. He went to town to town, to people to people, and spoke and taught. Jesus quickly garnered a a following around him. People soon realized that this wasn't just some ordinary man, but that this this was someone with the power of the Spirit. This was somebody different. This was somebody special. And this was somebody that they needed to be with and pay attention to. Jesus did many great things in his ministry. But there was a time that had to come to an end. And we get to the death of Jesus as recorded in Matthew 27, starting in verse 45. From noon until there, three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. 
Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Matthew 28, verse 1. After the Sabbath had dawned on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for the, Lord, for the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back to the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. So just like Jesus' birth, just like his ministry, his death was not ordinary as well. Jesus went through a horrible death of crucifixion, but then was raised from the dead. Everything that Jesus did from his birth, from his ministry, his death and resurrection were special. People were able to see what he did and to see who he was. And after that resurrection, it was clear who Jesus was. And people understood that this is the Christ. So that gives a little very brief history of the life of Jesus. But as we want to know somebody a little bit more, we need to look beyond just their chronological life. So the next thing I want to look at is how did Jesus... or Who did Jesus spend his time with? When we look at somebody that we want to be like, uh, we need to look at how they are the way they are. And the people that we spend time with have great influence on us, and we can have great influence on them, and Jesus was no different. Jesus spent a lot of his time with, with his apostles, Uh, Matthew chapter 10, uh, Jesus calls his 12 disciples to him and he gives them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal disease and sickness. Jesus chose these 12 men very carefully uh, with a very specific reason. Uh, He didn't surround himself with with people that were all the same. Uh, He knew he needed different personalities Uh, He knew he needed different people around him. And he chose these 12 men to be with him, to follow him in his ministry. uh, And he gave them authority to do things that other men could not do. So these men were, were the people that he was with through most of his ministry. 
Everywhere Jesus went, these guys went. And so there would have been lots of time for them to discuss life and to discuss things about about Jesus and about God and about what they were doing in uh, in that area. And Jesus would have had great influence on these men, and those men would have had influence on Jesus. These were Jesus' closest friends. And for us, we, we have close friends. We have people that we consider friends, but we also have people that we spend a lot of time with, that are our closest friends. And those closest friends uh, have a, a special place with us. And they are, are people that we can talk to closely, that we can bounce ideas off, that we can... We can talk to you intimately. And these men were that for Jesus. That Jesus chose and knew that he needed a group of men to be around, a group of people that he could confide in, that he could talk with. That we know that throughout Jesus' ministry, it wasn't always a happy time. And Jesus needed these guys to be there for him. And these men, as the ministry grew, knew more and more that they needed Jesus to be for them. Another group of people that Jesus spent some time with were the religious leaders of the day. Uh, These religious men were very focused on Jesus. Because of the things that Jesus had said, the things that Jesus had done, uh, they were paying very close attention to what Jesus was doing. Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 41 says, Every year Jesus... Um, so this, this is early on in Jesus' life again. Luke two forty-one. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and their friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. So at 12 years old, Jesus knew that he wanted to spend time with these people. He knew that he needed to listen to them. He knew he needed to teach them even at that young age. And that these were, these were people that were going to be important throughout his life. In Matthew chapter 9, we have, we have an account of Jesus teaching and performing miracles. Uh, and while he was doing this, we have these religious leaders watching him very closely. They were they really wanted to see what he was up to, what he was doing, what he was saying. And so they watched him closely and they asked him questions and they asked the apostles questions about what he was doing. And Jesus took that opportunity to teach them to why he was there and what he was doing. Jesus was 
living his life as an example to the world. Uh, that the things he did, he knew he was being watched. For us as Christians in, in, in our world, uh, it may not feel like we're being watched very much, but for the ones that know we are Christians, they do watch us. And they will pay attention to the things that you say and the things that you do and the places you go. We're not going to have the same influence that Jesus had, but we can have a great influence on the people around us. That the people that are watching us are looking at us to see what Christians do. They're looking at us to see what we believe, how we act, and who we are. Another group that, that Jesus made sure that he spent a lot of time with was what I'll, I'll call people as sinners. Now I understand that we are all sinners, but there are many accounts in the gospel where Jesus went out of his way to go to people that these religious leaders, even the apostles, were very surprised that he would go and talk to these people. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 10. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told them, and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus spent his time with the people that needed him. He knew that these people needed his help, needed his guidance, needed his teaching. And even though his own apostles, the other religious leaders around, really wondered why is this, is this Jewish man hanging around with these people? This isn't something that a religious leader would do. But it was something that Jesus had to do. For us, we get comfortable with the people around us. We have a common bond with each other as Christians, as a family. And we enjoy spending time with each other. But sometimes we need to step out of that. Sometimes we need to go to the people that need us. That need to hear the Word of God. People that may make us uncomfortable. But people that need the gospel. That we should not be afraid to go to places where these people are. To confront them and talk to them and befriend them. Jesus made a very strong statement in meeting with these people. About who he was and why he was there. And we too can make strong statements 
about who we spend our time with. So the next question I ask is, who is he for? Who is Jesus for? We have many religions in this world uh, that, that call people to them. So who is Jesus for? Jesus is not just for one group of people. He's not just for one country. He's not just for one race or one culture. There's not a only a specific amount of people that can follow him. It's not that you have to live a life perfectly before you can come to him. Jesus throughout the gospel throughout his ministry made it very clear that he is here for everyone. That there's no one that cannot come to Him. No one is excluded from, be, from coming to Jesus. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. There aren't conditions to come to Jesus. Jesus wants us to, to come to Him and follow Him. He has given us instruction when we decide to do that, what we need to do. But He has not excluded anybody from it. He has made it clear that He is here for everyone. So as we look to, to better ourselves, as we look to grow, as we look to become better people, and as we, we look for an example, we have the perfect example in front of us. We have Jesus in the Word where we can look at His birth, we can look at His ministry, His life, His death, the resurrection, we can look at all the, the things that He did and the impacts of His life that followed. When we look for somebody to, to emulate, we don't need to look to, to the movie stars and the musicians and the famous people and the athletes. And we don't need to listen to the ads to say, be like Mike. Instead, we need to be like Christ. Our world desires somebody to look up to. Desires a world where we can emulate someone. And Gatorade knew that when they made the commercial. So for us as Christians, we can take the Word, we can take the life of Jesus, and bring it to people, and show them who He is. That we can step out of our comfort zone. That we can see the life of Jesus. 
We can see how he interacted with people, the people he spent time with. And the example that he was. We know that we cannot live up to the example of Jesus. We know that he lived a perfect life that we cannot live. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. That doesn't mean that Jesus is unattainable. We have the ultimate example right in front of us. And all we need to try to do is to be like Christ. Thank you.